Good morning. Disclaimer, this homily is going to require an extra bit of concentration and thinking as you follow along. And this morning, just before the 8.45 a.m. Mass, uh, the altar servers asked me what I was going to talk about in the homily, and I told them that I will be talking about murders. And it scared me just a little to see how excited they got. <laughs> That's their parents' problems now. So recently, I have to confess that I've been a little obsessed with a YouTube channel called Ted Ed. And I found their short videos very interesting and informative. And this morning, I want to talk to you about one of them. This video posed a hypothetical situation, and it's called an ethical dilemma, the burger murders. And here's the basic premise. A few years ago, you founded a company that manufactured meatless burgers. And now your products are sold all over the world. But recently, you got some terrible news. Three unrelated people died suddenly after they ate your burgers. And the police concluded that a criminal targeted your brand, had injected poison into the burgers in two different grocery stores, at least. Now, the criminal used an ultra-fine needle to inject the poison, thus make it impossible to determine which products had been compromised. So now all of your burgers have been removed from the two stores where the victim bought them. The news, the news were all over these murders and the sales had plummeted. So now you have to come up with a strategy to address the crisis. And your team came up with three options for you to choose. Option one, do nothing. Eventually, things would blow over. Sales would bounce back, even though they might be lower than the previous level because of the damage to the brand. You would have to lay off some employees, and your investors would lose some money. The flip side, more people could die if the criminal decided to inject more poison elsewhere. Option two, pull and destroy all the products in the city. This in the, short term would, in the short term would be a tad expensive. More people would lose their job and your investors would lose a bit more money. However, this is the safest option for the people in the city and it could create enough trust that sales eventually would rebound. And the third option, pull and destroy all the products worldwide. This would be the most expensive option in the short terms, and it would cause even more people being laid off and investors would lose the most money. However, it would also provide the safest and the greatest customer's care. 
And so now weighing the good of your customers and the interests of your investors and employees, which option would you choose? Now, I don't expect anyone to come up with an answer right now. What I wanted to do is to convey the fact that we as human beings at times will have to face certain moral or ethical dilemmas, maybe not as dramatic as the example I've just provided, but dilemmas nonetheless. Sometimes we find ourselves in situations where the right choice is not always the easy choice. And this certainly was the case of Philemon, the man to whom St. Paul addressed his letter that you and I have just heard proclaimed in the second reading. This letter was hand-delivered to Philemon by Onesimus, his former slave, who had run away after he had stolen from his master. And while he was on the run, he met St. Paul, and under St. Paul's guidance, he became a Christian. Now Paul, as an old man and in prison in Rome, decided to send Onesimus back to his master with a request that I personally find outrageous. St. Paul asked Philemon to receive Onesimus back, not as a slave, but as a brother. Now, this might not seem all that big of a deal to us, at least not in today's context, but I can assure you that this request had put Philemon in a very difficult position. How so? Well, recall that in those days, the Roman Empire had as many as 60 million slaves. So there was always a concern in the empire that the slaves would revolt. For that reason, the punishment for runaway slaves had always been exceptionally harsh. If captured, the runaway slave could be crucified or at the very least get branded by a red-hot iron on the forehead with the letter F, which stands for putatives. All this was to instill fear in any slaves who entertained the thought of running away from their master. And so legally speaking, Philemon had all the legal grounds to punish Onesimus to the fullest extent of the law. Now, put aside the legal expectation for a minute and consider the social implication. How do you expect Philemon to continue to manage his household when the other slaves saw that he welcomed back a runaway, someone who had escaped without any consequences and now treated him as an equal? How do you expect Philemon's friends and colleagues to look at him 
if he allowed his own authority to be so compromised. What St. Paul asked Philemon to do went beyond kindness. It's something that would upset the entire social order. Amid things went south, guess who's going to have to clean up the mess? And don't forget, don't forget that Onesimus has stolen from his master. And in the Roman court, the judges would have no problem condemning to death a slave who has stolen from his master. And so for all intents and purposes, Onesimus deserved a death sentence. And this is the dilemma that Philemon had to face. On the one hand, if he welcomed back Onesimus as a Christian brother, he would put himself at a social disadvantage. He would have to deal with unintended ramifications and he could become a laughing stock to his pagan friends and colleagues. But on the other hand, if he punished Onesimus to the fullest extent, then he would not only offend St. Paul, one of the apostles of the Lord, he would also violate one of the greatest commandments for a Christian believer, the command of charity. So in this case, being a good Roman citizen would make Philemon a terrible Christian. And being a good Christian would make him a lousy Roman citizen. So how was he supposed to choose? You see, my friends, Philemon's dilemma reflects our own struggles. In our daily life, perhaps the choices that we have to make might not be as dramatic as the example that I provided, nor will they be as tricky as the decision that Philemon had to face, but big or small, none of us, none of us, no one is spared from at times having to make a decision, a choice between what, doing what seemed to be beneficial to ourselves and doing what is right. And the decision is not always easy. Are we comfortable with being socially disadvantaged but pleasing in God's eye? Are we willing to take God's side even if that means it puts us at odds with the whole world? These are the questions I'd like to leave with you for your prayerful reflection. To go back to the second reading, we don't really know what was the outcome of St. Paul's request. But the fact that this letter is still in existence instead of being tossed into the fire the fact that in one of his letters, St. Ignatius of Antioch had mentioned that the bishop of 
Ephesus, his name was Onesimus, might have suggested that Philemon had made the difficult decision of welcoming back his former slave. Perhaps, just perhaps, no matter how difficult that decision was, Philemon, with the help of God, courageously realized that at the end of the day, he ought to do the right thing. 